Hey there everybody and welcome to the Olympic Biathlon Podcast. I'm your host Will Crobb, it is Friday the 18th of February 2022 and I am coming to you unfortunately from isolation, that's right, got myself some of that COVID, luckily hasn't hit me too hard, uh, but if the voice sounds a little bit croaky, uh, that'll be why. Luckily I had the best medicine of all because it was double biathlon races today, that's right, the last two races of the Olympic Games, the men's and women's mass starts, uh, women's rescheduled to today and I couldn't have been happier because two races in the books that we've got to look at today. I'll be bringing you all my reactions from both of those races, let me know what you thought in the comments on Facebook or at the Podcast at gmail.com. So let's dive right in to the first race of the day, which was the women's mass start rescheduled, was supposed to be on Saturday, but it was on Friday. Big shout out to Tony over there in America for giving me the heads up that it had been rescheduled because I had no idea, uh, would have missed it completely. Uh, so many thanks to Tony out there. It was tough conditions for the women's race, 45 kilometer winds at points out there on the course, cold temperatures yet again. But what a race we got in store, fantastic gold medal for Justine Brazard-Boucher. So happy for her after what's been a pretty disappointing Olympics uh, for the French woman there. 40th in the individual, 48th in the sprint. Didn't bother uh, taking part in the pursuit, which you got to say, probably a very good choice there. She was then 6th in the relay. Really disappointing performance from the French team in the relay, but coming good when it came to the mass start. She's been in great form uh, in Rupolding and Antolts, of course and put in the cherry on top in the mass start, getting the gold medal for the French team. And this was a great race, really enjoyed it. We had sort of the uh, the classic KG first lap, uh, not really too much to comment on. was wondering though, Elvira Erberg sliding quite a long way back into the pack. Uh, she started off on the, uh, I think, fourth on the, uh, the grid, if you want to call it that. Um, then she was very quickly back in towards sort of 19th, 20th place, skiing all together with the rest of the Swedish team. Um, at that point, wondered whether she was just playing it uh, pretty smart, pretty canny. Uh, but I think she, uh, as we as we would see, was just having a really tough time out there. Not the only one having a tough time on the first lap, though. We saw Julia Gima falling, uh, coming sort of just uh, down into the range. Uh, it looked like she got tangled up with Deidre Irwin of the USA, I think, there. Um, but then as we came into... Shoot one, the big star, I thought, wasn't Brazar Boucher, but it was Julia Simon, her teammate. Got five down super quickly. Hannah Roberg also did 24 seconds for Hannah. Uh, things would go wrong for both of them. Uh, Ekhoff also putting the uh, the demons to rest after her troubles in the women's relay. Big names were missing, though, and Brazar Boucher was one of them. She missed two. Sola missed two. Retsova missed two. Vera missed two. Chevalier Boucher missed two. Uh, we wouldn't see much of Chevalier Boucher, Vera, uh, and, and really Hannah Sola. Retzver and, uh, of course, Brazar Boucher would come back into things. Elvira also missing one there, um, which looked at the time like it might not be the worst uh, the worst of the results. Uh, because on the front, in lap two, we had Tyrolekov leading a pretty elite group of five uh, round the lap. We had Ekhoff leading, Roisland sitting behind her, which was going to be a theme of this race. Then Hannah Erberg, Julia Simon, and Lynn Pershing, who was uh, doing really well at this point, up at the front. Really good to see Lena Heike as well, uh, the Swiss athlete skiing 
just behind the leading group. She did catch them, actually, before the second shoot. Uh, things went pretty badly for her from then on out. Uh, but the last time we saw her, of course, was uh, running over to uh, Irene Kadurish to check that she was all right after she collapsed in the relay. Um, so, yeah, good to see Heike. I've always, uh, always sort of rooted for Heike, and uh, we haven't seen much of her up at the front. So that was nice to see. In the second shoot, though, we had another faller coming in. It was Lisa Teresa Hauser falling on that very last corner, the sort of sweeping left-hander down into the range. She went down. Luckily, the rifle uh, undamaged in that fall, uh, as it was with uh, with Jima as well, by the look of it. Good shoot on the second uh, the second time round. Pretty exciting stuff. We were misses a lot of the way. We had one from Simon, two from Pershing, three from Hannah, none from Ekhoff, none from Roisland, and it looked like it was going to be a good day for the Norwegian team. Justin Brezard-Boucher at this point, one minute 14 down on the leaders. Um, so that's where, where she was at that point, missing uh, missing the one on that uh, on that particular shoot. Bit, bit of change in the chasers. We had Elvira and Davidova doing well in the uh, the second shoot of the day. Big names going clear. Lap three, Ekhoff and Roisland. Roisland sticking to her like glue. No messing around. Following in Ekhoff's tracks wherever she went. We had Simone just over about 30 seconds back. Uh, Innerhofer, a bit like Heike. Really good to see her skiing well. She was uh, up in fourth place with Davidova just behind her. Elvira really looked like she was struggling on this lap, though. Couldn't really hold the pace of Davidova, which, uh, going from this season's form, we would not expect at all. Um, but it was a, a sort of interesting-looking race at this point. You looked at it and you thought, right, this is a, a Norwegian battle up at the front, 30 seconds back. Roisland, Ekhoff, who's going to win between the two of them? Obviously, we know that didn't go, uh, go to plan, because in shoot three, everything got mixed up. It was a... Uh, it was a mad, mad-looking shootout there. Uh, one thing, very, very small uh, thing of interest, I thought, Ekhoff taking off the shades way earlier than Roisland did. Obviously, the athletes there taking off the sunglasses so that their eyes can adjust uh, to the light before they start shooting. Roisland did it just before she hit the mat almost. Um, don't know whether that played too much of, uh, of a factor, but it was a tough, tough shoot there in shoot three. Roisland missing two shoots. Uh, two shots, sorry. Ekhoff also missing two shots, but that was not the story at all. It was the time it took because the wind was howling in the range. Roisland taking 32 seconds, I timed it at, from uh, Rifle off the back to taking her first shot. Ekhoff, meanwhile, took 56 seconds. It looked like the shakes that we saw in the relay were back. She was trying to stretch legs out, to be fair to her. She did everything that... Uh, all the analysts, anyway, were saying she should have done in the relay. The legs were shaking. She took the time, stretched them out a little bit, got them, got them under her, and 56 seconds well spent in the end because missing two out of uh, five on that shoot turned out to be pretty good. Simone was the big loser just behind them. She missed three. Davidova did well just missing the one. And then the big uh, the big name of the day Brazar Boucher and Elvira both hit 5 out of 5 that put them right back into the uh, the leading group Roisland coming off the penalty loop and Brazar Boucher came out in the lead we then had a, a pretty good looking chasing group Elvira Ekhoff and Davidova just between 5 and 7 seconds back and then the next lap it's rare that we really see this anymore uh, a race kind of being won on the skis rather than in the range and it's on lap four, Brazar Boucher absolutely went for it. You'd have assumed 
that Royzen would have been able to stick with her and go with it, but Brazar Boucher very quickly bolted like a rabbit out the Royzen just sank back to those chasers. We had a chasing group of four and Brazar Boucher just going hell for leather out there on the tracks. She got very quickly got up to a 15 second lead before the chasers looked like they sort of uh, decided, right, we've got to do something about this. They kept it around that 15, uh, 15 seconds there. Roseland looked like she was struggling, I thought, at this point. She was having to take on fuel uh, as they were sort of just in that little bit behind the range where you've got the bulletproof glass. She wasn't the only one struggling, though. Elvira looked like she was dying out there, just hanging on to the back of that group, but really struggling. She was sort of yo-yoing away uh, and back onto it, which obviously, even her form in these Olympics, you wouldn't expect, but shows how tough the conditions have been out there. And so it came down to it, the very last shoot of the day. Razor Boucher does say that 15-second lead coming into the shoot, and she was fantastic. A lot of times, a lot of people, me included, have criticised how she approaches the range. A lot of misses from her when the ski speed is there to take the wins. This season especially, the amount of times I've said she just needs to clean things up in the range. She looked like she came into this almost the opposite of we've seen uh, other Lachapov, for example, coming in leading into the final shoot. She was just free, didn't mess around, nice, quick shooting, four out of five. Thank you very much. She was on her way. And that put the pressure on the chasers because they had to go five out of five and none of them could do it. Two misses for Roisland, two misses for Davidova, two misses for Ekhoff. Elvira, I think, just didn't have anything left. She missed three. That was her race run. And so it was a pretty easy canter to the line there for Justine Brazar because what a what a performance. And I love someone winning it on the skis. We so rarely see that. Obviously, she had to do the business in the range as well. But, uh, but really just attacking everyone else on that fourth lap gave her that little bit of breathing space. One penalty loop. That was all she needed. Bang. She took the win. Ekhoff then... 48.5 seconds behind her as she came out the range with Roisland just a second and a half back from her. I did wonder if we were going to get a bit of a sprint for the the sort of uh, silver and bronze medals there. Davidova was only five seconds behind Roisland, but those gaps just crept out between uh, the three women there. Ekhoff gap Roisland, Davidova, I wondered if she was going to take advantage, but by the time she came into shot, it looked like uh, she just didn't quite have the legs to catch up to the Norwegians. But Justin Brazar took the gold, had the time to wave the trickler over the line. Loved seeing that. Really paying off for attacking the range at the end. And just happy to see that for uh, for a French team that's been up and down. We had Chevalier Boucher taking, uh, taking the silver in the individual. That was a great start to, uh, to things there. Silver in the mixed relay as well. But on the women's side of things, it just hasn't really been as good as uh, we might have expected. And Justin Brazar Boucher putting that to rights in the last race of the games for the women. Really good to see that. Outside the medals, uh, obviously Ekhoff coming in silver and Roisland bronze. Davidova, unlucky to finish fourth. Would have liked to see a medal for the Czechs there, uh, but it just wasn't to be. Uh, notable performances. I was happy to see uh, Francisca Preutz. She came in eighth as she continues her comeback from that ankle injury. Uh, not back to her best by any means, uh, but good to see her up into the top ten. Elvira Robert coming in ninth, eventually 137 down. Just uh, looks like she needs a good long rest before we go to Conti Alati. On the bad side of things, though, Dorothea Vera, 22nd on the day, 
three minutes and 23 down on the leaders. And just a tough day for her. Very consistent. You have to give her that. Two misses on every single shoot of the day. Um, but not what we'd expect to see from someone who really elevates themselves in these uh, four shoot races. Worse than that, though, was Hannah Erberg, last of the Swedes in 25th. Seven misses for Hannah. Three minutes and 45 seconds down. Uh, coming in just behind Lynn Pershing, who'd had that great start, but then also uh, suffered. She had eight misses on the day. Um, and yeah, just a, an Olympics to forget for Hannah, unfortunately. Luckily, she's got that gold medal from the relay. That will uh, be a pretty good pretty good medicine for those wounds. Uh, but individually, just hasn't been where uh, where she'd want to be at all. And this was sort of the... Uh, yeah, the uh, the ending that, that she didn't want at all. 25th out of 30. Really, really tough stu stuff for her. Also, someone who I expected to do a lot better was Anais Beskond. She was 29th, 5 minutes and 44 down on her teammate. And uh, started off so well. She uh, went clear in the first shoot. She came into the second shoot just a hair behind that leading five. Uh, but then she missed two, three, and then missed every shot on the final one. And uh, yeah, just cruised around to uh, to come home second to last. So tough, tough times for some people in the French team, but a great day for the French overall. Uh, number one, Justine Rizal-Boucher. I think uh, Ekhoff got to be happy with the silver. She's run the gamut there, gold, silver and bronze. Um, so you can't really, uh, can't. after a season that's really been pretty poor for Ekhoff standards, I think that's a pretty good result from the games as a whole. And then Roisland getting a medal in every race except the relay. That's good stuff from her. She looked happy enough coming over the line and I uh, think she'll have some pretty good memories coming home from Beijing as she sets her sights on the Crystal Globe. That's the women's race. Let's uh, move on now to the men's race, the last biathlon race of these Olympic Games. And so we come to the final race of the 2022 Olympic Games. It was the men's mass start, and it was billed as a battle of the titans, two heavyweights going head-to-head -head in Johannes Tingersbo and Quentin Fionnier. We did have a big old battle between them in this race, but it came down to the greatest that still goes, Johannes Tingersbo, four gold medals to equal the great Ola Einar Bjorn Dahlen. His, uh, his performance in Salt Lake City matched now by Johannes in a fantastic performance in the mass start. It was a great race as well. It was uh, a little bit calmer, we thought, before the race started. The wind seemed to have died down a bit. That didn't really bear out in terms of the race itself because there were misses flying all over the place today. It was a an interesting start as well. It was almost sort of the opposite of what we saw in the women's race. Uh, there we had a, a sort of standard mass start uh, first lap. Pretty bunched up, pretty slow. Fiumae was having none of that in the men's race, though. He was pushing the pace on lap one. <laughs> yeah, none of the bunching at all. It was single file the whole way down. People dropping off the back like flies. Um, talking of dropping off the back, it was great to see Cheng of China making the mass start. He came in as a substitute for Yakov Back. Did come in last place, but really good stuff. And sort of a nice, uh, a nice finish to the biathlon program. Uh, to see Chen coming in uh, at the end of the race there. But back up at the front, though, it was, uh, as I say, Phil Maillet really putting the pain to the field. A 
And your handstingers bow was not really, uh, didn't want to be left out of the action because halfway around he took over the pacemaking, went to the front himself and pushed the pace even more. Field was looking pretty ragged when they came in to the first shoot. And it really showed because we had misses from the start. Johannes, Jacqueline, Lachapov, Smolsky all missed their first shot. Uh, Fiume also missed, uh, not his first shot, but uh, missed one as well. Uh, we had some big names going clear, though. Sebastian Samuelson, Benny Dole, and Taya Bo all went clear. Dominic Vindish also uh, towards the uh, the top of the range. He went clear as well. But the big names who went clear for me were the Gal brothers doing it for Canada, representing at the front. And I was cheering them both around so much. They really lit up the race for me. Christian Gal especially as the race went on. But it was Scott leading the way on lap two. Really impressive stuff from them in the range. We know they like to shoot fast, but 21 and 23 seconds uh, for the Gal brothers in that initial prone shoot. Misses further down, though, Jacqueline and Loganov, both of uh, both in the mix for me, pre-race favourites. They both missed twice in the first range. Didn't see a huge amount of them on the coverage afterwards. Um, but after that first shoot, we had a sort of leading group of roughly about 10, some little gaps in between that, but 10 athletes altogether uh, on lap two. But the gals were leading the way. Scott Gow leading an Olympic mass start field with his brother Christian right behind him. Samuelson, at times, I thought, looking like he was uh, struggling with the pace of the Gal brothers up there at the front. It wasn't to last, though, because the two big boys were making their presence felt as we came up the hill behind the range there. Johannes Thingersbo, Conton Fiomeye heading to the front. Johannes pushing the pace again. Fiomeye not wanting to be outdone, getting right in his ski tracks as we went into the second shoot, where unfortunately there were differing fortunes for the Gal brothers. Scott, unfortunately, four misses out of five. That was his race run, but it was good while it lasted, and it was going to last longer for Christian. He hit five out of five. Uh, just as Johannes Tingers Burr did as well. He went clear before you, before Quantum Fiume had even taken his third shot. Really good shooting from Johannes there, and he was on a mission to shoot clean and shoot fast today. Elsewhere, Samuelsson and Ponsioloma both went clear, the Swedish team getting uh, up near the front. Uh, Nora and Dahl also doing it pretty nicely for the German team. So at the halfway stage... We had uh, a pretty interesting leading pair. Johannes Tinker's bow, over 50 World Cup wins, countless Olympic medals, leading the way with Christian Gao of Team Canada. Uh, could not have been happy to see that. Just behind them, we had Samuelson, and then Norath behind him, Dole behind him, and Ponsioloma behind him. Just sort of little gaps in between each of the uh, Swedes and Germans there. Konton Fiumei came off the loop. He was 32 seconds down and chasing hard. But it was going to be tough because on lap three, Johannes was hitting the pace yet again. Didn't look as brutal as it might have done. Uh, Norath was able to not quite stick right with him, uh, but stick within about five seconds or so. Samuelson, however, was having a rough, rough time of it. He could not keep up at all. He was sinking back uh, with Christian Gout as well, with Benny Dole sort of bringing the chase up towards those two men. So we came in shoot three with um, Johannes and Norath, who I thought was doing really well. He's been showing really nice ski speed for a, a good, basically this entire season, but especially since the Christmas break. Uh, and that was coming up here again. Johannes, though, came into the shoot with a little sort of five second advantage. 
And those first four shots in shoot three, those were picture perfect. Rattled them down. Bam, 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 bam. And then just ran out of breath on that last shot. Sort of broke his position a little bit. Missed the fifth. That gave the opportunity to those behind. Norath hadn't even taken a shot by the time Johannes was through his five. Uh, just to show you how quickly he was shooting. Maybe at the the sort of uh, speed up at the front told on Norath, I think. He only hit two out of five. That was his race pretty much over. He sank way, way back as the race went on. Benny Dolkin only hit three out of five. Samuelson, four out of five. But it was Poncia Loma uh, showing his uh, his chances up at the front. He went clear. Conton Fiumaye went clear behind them as well. And so we had a leading three of Johannes with Poncia Loma six seconds behind. Conton Fiumaye, 15.9 behind. And Christian Gao, Still 17.8 behind. Rough uh, rough old time for him after the shot, though. He went clear, then face-planted. Tough to see, but he got up quickly, and he was back on the tracks. And I was, at this point, I was still thinking, you, you never know. There's a chance we might get a Canadian medal here, uh, doing it for the smaller biathlon nations. But it was going to be tough to hang at the front because Johannes Tingers was flying again. As I say, Ponzi six seconds down as they came out of the range, but at the first checkpoint, it was already 21.7. Unbelievable speed from Johannes on that lap there. Conton as well, he lost uh, another 10 seconds on Johannes. And so coming into the last shoot, the Norwegian had at least a penalty loop in hand. What was he going to do with it? Throw it away, possibly two misses from Johannes. He was shooting quick yet again. But two misses, was it going to open it up for Conton Fiumaye to get the gold? No, it wasn't, because he missed three in a row. Who saw that coming? Unbelievable from the Frenchman, really. How many times have we seen him come in to the final shoot of a four-shoot race, putting pressure on a leader? We saw him do it to Loganov back in Rupolding, I think it was, uh, when Loganov had that huge lead, and he choked under the pressure. Fiumaye was cool, calm and collected. He knocked him down. But in the Olympics, it wasn't to be the first three all missing. I think he knew the gold was on the line. He went for it. It paid. It didn't pay off for him. He paid for it, unfortunately. Uh, tough going for him. Had to rebuild his position. Did well to knock the last two down. Ponsioloma, though, was the one on the move. He only had one miss, really sealing that silver medal up for him. Johannes then came out a good 17, uh, 17.8 seconds ahead of the Swede. And so behind those two, it was really a race for who might get the bronze. We had uh, Conton Fiumaye obviously on the loop doing three penalty loops. And there were meltdowns all over the place behind him. We had Christian Gao. I was hoping he might be able to do it. Unfortunately, he missed three himself. Samuelson, who'd been shooting so well up until that point, he missed three as well on that final shoot. Who was it going to be other than the hero of the men's relay? Vetcher, Storstad, Christensen, shooting clear, shooting so, so cool and calm. Ice in his veins. It was unbelievable. As everyone else was missing around him, he attacked. He got them down. He was off. 45 seconds behind Johannes. But more importantly, uh, I think it was a good 15 seconds ahead of Conton Fiumaier. And really, that was the race done. Uh, Johannes was miles ahead. He stretched the lead out over Ponsiloma. I think Ponsiloma was, uh, to be fair to him, knackered, but had uh, 
done pretty well there to get a, a good gap over third place. So Johannes came in, four penalties. That didn't matter. Matched his four gold medals from these Olympics. Amazing stuff from the Norwegian. So happy to see him take the win because uh, while we don't always like to see the same person win, he is a legend of the sport. So always good to see him get in the golds. Ponsiloma, amazing result for him in second. It's been a tough Olympics for the Swedish team, especially on the men's side. Obviously, the women got the uh, the relay gold, um, but high hopes for maybe not even so much Ponsiloma, but Samuelsson haven't been realised. So getting that silver medal, you could see how much it meant to the coach there, Jean-Marc Chablot. He was in tears at the end. Really, uh, really great scenes there. Hannah Rubberg hugging him, trying to trying to pull him together. Elvira diving in for a hug as well. Uh, great scenes there in the Swedish team. Really good to see them up on the podium. And Christensen, always sort of the fourth man, sort of the forgotten man in some ways in that Norwegian team. Always been a steady presence, uh, but very rarely get to see him up at the very top when it's not a relay. Great result for him. He held his nerve again. Gets himself a bronze medal to go along with his gold from the relay. In fourth place, Fiumare couldn't do much more than shrug his shoulders as he came over the line. Five misses for the Frenchman, just too much on the day. Behind him, though, in fifth place, rolling back the years, it was Dominic Vindish. Love to see him go in. Only three misses on a real tough day in the range. He came in skiing that like classic sort of attritional style uh, that we see from Windish there. Great stuff. He back in the top 10 for the first time. I should have looked this up before I started recording. Uh, but I think it must be a good couple of years since we've seen Vindish up in the top 10. So hopefully he can keep that going as we move on to uh, Contialati. Outside of the top five, uh, Ligreed, who we barely saw on the coverage. Uh, he missed five on the day. I think quite a good sort of consolidation run for him, though. He's been really struggling in the range. Uh, so missing one, two, one, one. Not an awful run for him. Uh, I think he can take some heart from that as he goes on into the final three World Cups of the year. Simonada, how many times has he been the best shot on the day? Just two misses for the Austrian. Uh, unfortunately, not enough to get him near the podium but seventh place in his last Olympics. Really good result for Simon there. Behind him, Benny Dole. He was looking so good halfway. He'd shot 10 out of 10, but he missed six of his final 10, uh, four on the last shoot, and that put him out of contention. The top 10 ended up, <clears throat> excuse me, ended up there with uh, Tiro Sapelo in ninth and Johannes Kern in 10th, both uh, going sort of toe-to-toe, -to -toe, missing uh, one on the first, clear on the second and two in both of the standing shoots. Elsewhere, on the positive note, before we uh, move on to maybe some of the uh, the negative side, Christian Gao, he had a bit of a meltdown in the final shoot, but what a race from the Canadian. 0-0-0-3 on the day. He came home 13th. Really fantastic stuff from him. And another Canadian, not one of the Gao brothers, Jules Bernot, getting a fantastic result in 18th. Five misses from him. That's a personal best. Uh, on the highest stage uh, for Bernat and well-deserved for the Canadian with the big old hair. Love to see him come in into the top 20, beating the likes of Lachapov, Svetkov, Jacqueline. Really big scalps being taken there uh, for Bernat. On the downside, though, we had some poor results and it was my favourite. Jacqueline, 22nd on the day, just not really in the race from the beginning. Missed two. 
then missed one, uh, missed two in his final stand as well. He was 354 down. And a bit of an Olympics to forget for him, unfortunately. Comes home with the uh, couple of silvers there in the relays, but uh, not the games that we thought we might see from him. And he needs to really regroup and uh, see what he can do uh, in, in his quest for the Crystal Globe. It's probably too far away from him, but he's got three rounds to try and close the gap on his fellow countryman, Phil Maillet. Elsewhere, Norath as well. Rough sledding for him. He was right up at the front at the halfway stage going into the third shoot, as I mentioned, uh, just behind Johannes Tingers in second place. He missed three on that shoot. He missed four on his last shoot and sank all the way down to 23rd position with seven misses. Also with seven misses, finishing a bit further up, but uh, I think we'll be equally disappointed, Alexander Loganov, because the speed yet again was there to get at least on the podium, if not be challenging for the victory. But those seven misses in the range really put pay to his race. And that really was the uh, the story of the final day over in Beijing. Really, uh, really good last two races. Always like the mass starts, of course. Uh, but I'll be back on likely Sunday, depending how I'm feeling, uh, to bring you my awards ceremony for the Olympic Games. I'll be handing out some awards for the best and worst performances at the Games. I hope you've enjoyed all of the races up until now. We've still got a couple of days of Winter Olympics left. So if ice hockey or uh, what else have we got left? I think we've got some good curling, if curling's your game. Hope you enjoy all of those events. I'll see you afterwards, and I hope you all have a good weekend and are staying safe out there. Cheers.